0: episode when i was talking about siren i can't believe that i neglected to mention that suchin also appears in that game
1: what the fuck jupiter what the fuck that's so important
0: i can't believe that i fucked up that bad but Suchinoko also appears in siren
1: okay can we please talk about that just for like five seconds please tell me more
0: (laughs) okay sure um uh later late in the game you are uh Playing as this character, I believe, I believe her name is Tomoko, and you have to sneak, uh, past some shibito or whatever, and get on top of a car, and you you have to look over to the side and like find a very specific button prompt, and uh, it's it's really genuinely hard to find. And if you do, uh, the you will see the Tsuchinoko jumping between trees and <laughs> and going into a. Uh, a raised sewer drain.
1: Oh, fuck. Yes. Uh,
0: and then earlier in the game, there is a, uh, in an abandoned house, there is a bathtub full of blood. It's not, uh, sorry, it's not blood. It's red water. There's a difference. Yeah. But, but uh, it's full of red water. And when you unplug the tap, uh, you see the Tsuchinoko crawling down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> the Suchinoko was just in that ta- bathtub full of red water, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: a Friday night, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, I do on my Friday nights.
0: Oh, oh, this is also important. Uh, it, the One of the characters that you play as, Naoko, she's like a television presenter. And the reason why she's there is because she got hired on to do a, like, Unsolved Mysteries type, like, folklore show. Uh-huh. Uh, about the Suchinoko.
1: That's pretty damn important. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They everybody thanks for coming to the extended edition of the Suchinoko uh, two episodes after we talked about it.
0: It's this, like, three chunk... This, like, these three chunks of episodes. What? Hold on. Does that sentence work? No. These- this chunk of three episodes. There we go.
1: Gosh, if only there were some other word to talk about three things instead <laughs> of the word chunk. <laughs> Have you seen the Lord of the Rings chunk? I love it.
0: <laughs> uh, You know, uh, I was watching the Matrix chunk recently, and... <laughs> Like the first movie is like genuinely very good and the best like, part of the chunk. Okay, no, I do have to actually talk about this. There's a scene in The oh Matrix 2. No, I'm so sorry, but there's a scene in The Matrix 2 where uh Neo and uh Neo and the squad are going to visit this uh I think he's literally called the Frenchman because he speaks in a French accent.
1: Wee oui, wee oui, bitch.
0: They go to this like restaurant and he's talking about like how the Matrix's code can be edited to do whatever he wants or whatever, uh, because they're in a computer world. If you don't know the Matrix, that's your explanation. They're in a computer world. And he illustrates this by um, uh, changing the code of the Matrix to make a cake that someone is eating at another table so good that it makes her have an orgasm and the camera sweeps into a wireframe version of her body between her no, legs going into a no, wireframe vagina. No, 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 and no, it no, sucks. No. It no. sucks. Why is that in the movie?
1: It th- yeah, no, I, I saw The Matrix 2. I don't remember that part. Probably because I blocked it out.
0: I was I was watching it. With a friend, and we literally had to turn the movie off because we were just like, but well, there's <laughs> there's nothing redeemable about this movie. We don't want to see this."
1: It, yeah, I am glad I don't remember anything about the movie. I just remember it was bad. Yeah, The Matrix One is good, but The
0: yeah, Matrix yeah, the one, one is sucks. so good. The Matrix the One, chunk,
1: it's the slaps.
0: chunk. It's the best part of the chunk.
1: Hey, hi. This is a podcast, and we're called Enchanting Aspects. We enchant your ass
0: no <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> it's really uh i i know how easy of a joke it is to say enchant your ass but
1: C- can we make if we ever get merch can we get that as a shirt enchant your ass just enchant your ass and <laughs> then the sparkles all over it
0: i thought that we talked about getting booty shorts that said yeah. enchanting ass
1: okay yeah so that's a combo it's an outfit full, full yeah, outfit
0: full outfit
1: <laughs> so anybody out there who knows how to embroider <laughs> Embo- <laughs> embroider <laughs> that's not i it. mean
0: i mean i guess you could
1: <laughs> i mean it's just cooler that way embroidering sure. is cool it's yeah. expensive though
0: it is expensive and we probably can afford the commission costs
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to Enchanting Aspects. This is a podcast where me and Jupiter talk about parts of the stuff that we like. Yeah. What else is there to say? What we, else is there to say? I, um, my first instinct was just to say I'm sexy.
0: <laughs> uh, look, we're, we're both incredibly sexy dipshits. We have a podcast. You're here. This is, you're, you're here. Welcome. Welcome. You're- welcome to enchanting aspects the podcast so nice that we say it four times an episode
1: yeah <laughs> that's a good slogan i like that
0: <laughs> <Good> job. <laughs> hey amy
1: hey jupiter
0: what's your thing
1: my thing i hate to do it like you hate three, to do it three times in a row but i'm talking about another video game thing
0: i don't think we should be ashamed we're, okay. ga- we're gamers.
1: <laughs> we are gamers. Bum, we're, com- bum, 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 bum.
0: we're coming out to you as gamers.
1: Oh, no. It's We came out as gamers the first fucking episode. Like <laughs>
0: That's fair. It's not fair. a secret. It's- that's fair. Yeah. If I anything,
1: re- it would be a shock if we came out as not gamers.
0: We're big sports nerds. God.
1: Ew. Sports.
0: We like... We liked the th- the throne ball.
1: I like badminton. I like
0: baseball. Those are the only two good sports.
1: I like baseball in in TV shows. Where well, there's a g- baseball episode that's the
0: Yeah. Best. Yeah, baseball episodes are for sure the best. But also like I feel like baseball is the one sport that I could be good at.
1: Like, okay, would you be a pitcher or a, th- a catcher or a hitter? I th-
0: I'd I'd mostly be like I think I'd be batter and and runner
1: a hey, better, betta so we. though I will say, I don't care about baseball. I want to hit the ball, but I'm not good at it. But I think I'd look really cute in a baseball outfit.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, in high school, I was terrible in PE class, and I didn't want to participate. But there was one time that we went out to the baseball field, uh, and we played a little softball. And I, was, I started off the game at the front of the... Line, because like everyone in the class like lined up to take turns batting and uh i like swung out three times and was like ah fuck went to the back of the line uh it circled back around and uh i was like okay i think i got a feel for it now i swung and legitimately got what would have been like a like considered like a home run it was a smaller field though so like not as not as actually good as actual baseball players, Not as but, like, cool. but like I was able to fucking run around the field and uh before like anyone could get the oh, ball, the um,
1: serotonin yeah. d- doing that, like actually getting to hit a ball in a sport in PE. Oh, my God. Like yeah. it's such a rare, <laughs> a rare occasion. But when it actually happens, you're like, oh, shit, I actually did it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember uh, uh one of the kids in the line. I remember them saying, "Where did that come from?"
1: <laughs> Anyways, I'm not here to talk about sports. I'm here to talk about. <laughs> I'm here to talk about a character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, from a game that okay I know well.
0: And okay, this
1: character's name is Sora.
0: Ah, there it is.
1: There it is. Hi, we're, this is a Kingdom Hearts waiting. episode. Get the fuck over it. We're here. Oh, uh, this is uh
0: this is going to be this is such a perfect I'm I'm going to say this right now. My thing is a perfect little mirror image to your thing this oh, week.
1: Oh, great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward. Um hi. So, I'm talking about Sora because Sora is such a good prote- such a good character, such a good hero. Sora's the best hero. And Ask me why Sora is the best hero.
0: Why is Sora the best hero?
1: Because there's nothing special about him. Because that's it. He's he's a he's not talented. <laughs>
0: he's <laughs> just a boy. He's
1: just a boy. Okay, hear me out. Listen to me. Listen to me. Um. Okay. <laughs>
0: It'd be weird if I didn't.
1: <gasps> um. So Sora, he isn't like. The chosen one right he isn't like oh you're destined for this pass. you have to do this because like you're the one that's meant to do it like nobody ever tells him that um he has no no talented abilities like he he's learned how to fight and he's good at it but that's because he's done a shit ton of it and had to learn and and Take a. You have to level up every fucking game. You got to relearn your your shit. You got to relevel up because Sora's like, oh no, I hurt my back. Got to relearn it. I don't remember.
0: Could you? Now this uh, this is a thing that happens in video games a lot, and like especially in like that era of like GameCube, PS2, you know that sort of era, like Mm -hmm. where. Characters would like end the last game really stupid, strong, powerful, and the writers needed to come up with some justification as to why you're a weak idiot at the start of the next game. (laughs) And it's always just like, well, you got hit against a wall.
1: Yeah, you got hit against a wall. You forgot all your cool kung fu. You got to relearn it because that's what happens. Yeah. It's just a coincidence that it happens five times in all the games.
0: (laughs) Could, could you imagine, though, if there was, like, if in, like, a game like that, if you took a big enough hit, you just forgot some of your abilities?
1: Oh, my God. Like, you leveled down and you had to yeah. level up. the What about a fucking game where, like, <laughs> you just didn't hit your head against the wall? So, in the sequel, you still had all your fucking awesome <laughs> abilities at the beginning of the game? Yeah, and you just, like, you get imagine? more. And then you just yeah, get more. You, and just you just get
0: more! Like, by the third game, you are just punching planets aside. (laughs) Like, ah, fucking, ah, Ganon, Ganon, you fuck.
1: (laughs) Like, in the fucking third game, like, you're starting in the tutorial thing, and it's like, all right, press A to punch it. Oh, fuck, you just killed it. You (laughs) one hit. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, Press A to jump. Uh, Jump, you land, and the planet drops six inches. Okay, don't jump anymore. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I love that. Let's make that a game. Oh, my
0: um, God. <laughs> Yes, let's spend the next uh, 25 years making a trilogy of games.
1: So Sora. Sora Sora's cool cuz he's shitty. He's not he's he's a wonderful <laughs> person but he's shitty. He's not good at anything. And I like that a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Cuz cuz it's cuz it's rare. It's really rare to see. I mean, there's there is a shit ton of protagonists um, and media that are all like oh I'm just a wimpy old boy who hasn't done anything but somehow I'm the chosen one so that's what makes me special but like Sora isn't even the chosen one the only reason he's doing what he's doing is because bu- 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 bum that's a drum roll not a good one <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it sounded like like a like a a chime at the end of a commercial i'm not sure which one but
1: probably the we are farmers bum 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 bum. oh you
0: know what i think that is what i I did do that earlier
1: in the episode when we said we are gamers callback
0: oh Oh. i didn't even (laughs) doesn't even that's how the consciousness works
1: baby you make connections
0: yeah um yeah
1: um but no sora's sora's the best hero because he fucking cares that's the only thing he's filled with love and he cares he loves his friends, and he wants his friends to be okay, and that's his one driving force. It doesn't matter that he's bad, and he doesn't have anything special going for him, and even without his other friends, like, they have said this multiple times in almost all the games, like, all his friends say, like, you're literally nothing without your friends. Like, even that, even the bosses say that, like, Sora, you are nothing without your mm-hmm. friends. If they weren't here, you would be dead. You would be obliterated, and he's like, and he knows that. He's like, yeah, I know.
0: Like yeah, so what? So what? I I made connections in my life. I have <laughs> I have people who are important to me. I believe in things.
1: Yeah, he believes in him. He doesn't like he believe he only believes in himself because he believes in his friends and he believes that he is something because he has his friends. And yeah. that's what I love so much about Sora is that he believes in people so much. He makes friends with fucking everyone. Like I I only played Kingdom Hearts like a tiny bit as a kid because I rented it um, from Hollywood Video. I rented the second one and I got through Mm -hmm. the whole Roxas part and I was like, oh, wait, you can't be Roxas anymore. You got to be this stupid kid named Sora. That's stupid. I'm I'm taking the game back. (laughs) No. Could
0: you wait? But hold on. You started with the second one?
1: Yeah. I I didn't know. I was just a little kid. I saw the cover and I was like, oh, Mickey Mouse is on this. (laughs)
0: You know what? That's fair. <laughs> you know what? That's I was I I was about to give you grief, but that's completely <laughs> fair. That's no that's fully it's fully fair.
1: Um so I only I actually only started for real playing all of the games um last year or actually 2 years ago. Yeah, 2 years ago, um I bought like the pack that has basically all the games on the PlayStation 4. Um and I just played through them all like really quick because I wanted to play Um, all of them to get to Kingdom Hearts 3. And as I played, like, even as an adult, I was, like, fantasizing, like, man, it would be so fun to just meet Sora and be his friend. Just because, like, (laughs) that's just, like, Sora's friends with everyone. Even, even the enemies that he beats up, like, as soon as they show any sort of, like, humanity in them, he's like, yeah, I'll be your friend. Like, and I love that so much about him. He's so, he sees the good in everyone. And, and he even sees humanity in things that aren't human. Like, I'm okay. Here's where I gotta, sh- I gotta show you a clip. I gotta show you. A clip. Okay,
0: it's it clip is the time. Traditional enchanting aspects time of t- we watch a clip that the audience cannot see.
1: Oh no no no! This is all this is all voice, so you they'll be able to hear it. So this clip is from this clip is literally my favorite scene from all of the games. Um, but this. <laughs> This game I didn't play, uh, because it 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 didn't come like with with the the bundle thing, it was one of the games that was like, Oh, we're not recreating this in HD. We're just gonna create movie scenes of all those oh. scenes. And I'm like, Okay, I, I it, won't play.
0: <laughs> that's honestly, from what I hear, that might be better.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Like, some of the games are really fun, but, like, they're just so long and tedious, and if, like, if you're only playing to really get through the story, then at that point, just watch the scenes. But other than, uh, some of them are just really fun to play. Mm. Um, So this, this scene is from the end of Dream Drop Distance, and it's a scene where Riku is literally inside of Sora. Don't worry about it. Um. And also inside of Sora is Ansem the Wise, some motherfucker who's also inside Sora. There's a lot of people inside Sora. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but the, the scene they talk about Sora and it's it's just so- one of my favorite Sora,
0: scenes. Sora contains multitudes.
1: Sora contains multitudes. They've got bugs in Riku.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tag yourself. Do you have multitudes or do you have bugs?
0: I've got bugs.
1: I've got multitudes. And I bugs. for
0: sure got bu- I've got, hey, hold on. You can't have both. You ch-
1: oh, okay. I'm, I made the game. I'm the master.
0: Yeah, well, I'm the uh, I'm the mod community. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, let's fucking watch this clip.
0: Sora was the only one able to return to his human form without destroying his nobody. That is a statement to the love in his heart for other people and the bonds that tie them together. Surely we remember, as children, the way our hearts made everything seem so shiny and perfect. Sora has a heart like that, uncorrupted, willing to see the good before the bad. When he sees the heart in something, it then becomes real. When a connection seems broken, he may have the power to mend it.
1: Is that I, you imitating Anselm the Wise's voice?
0: I mean, <laughs> not intentionally, but yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this, seeing this, uh, uh, it's definitely important to what you're talking about. But it is, uh, and, and I see that and I recognize that. It is also reminding me how much I feel just hate jrpgs and especially jrpg cutscenes because they're always like this they're always just long ass monologues over while the camera just slowly pans on some trees or whatever it's just so boring
1: <laughs> i'm a thirsty ass bitch for that shit i love I it hate it oh my it. god i, I love hate it. it i love monologues i love monologues where people are just deep as fuck cuz that's me inside all the time <laughs> I'll be fucking standing outside, and I'll have an internal monologue.
0: Ansem, just make a fucking podcast. <laughs> just make a fucking podcast, Ansem. I'm trying to, I'm trying to explore the multitudes of Sora's soul.
1: I think I love this scene because one, number one, ocean noises, which is the best and my favorite, and always makes me feel calm. And then also Ansem's voice, is really calming too. I love his voice; it's so calming. And I love the fucking panning over the nature parts. And then just fucking all the stuff talking about Sora just hits me. Because it's like... Because everybody understands and knows what a good boy this boy is just because he cares and he follows his heart. That's the thing. That's what. That's like my favorite thing about Kingdom Hearts is like they always tell you to follow your heart. And ever ever since I played Kingdom Hearts, anytime somebody says, I don't know what to do, I always say, follow your heart because of Kingdom Hearts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Kingdom Hearts gets a bad rap for having like this massive convoluted wacko plot oh yeah but i also feel like it's a game where thematics are more important than actual plot
1: oh absolutely yeah it is i mean it is a super convoluted plot and it's so confusing and if you miss anything or then you don't really know what's going on but like and there's also so many flaws with kingdom hearts like oh, for sure. the majority of the time the writing is terrible and also that's also partly because of like translation issues but also like pacing in scenes is like scenes that are supposed to be super serious come off as hilarious and comedic just because the timing and pacing between characters talking to each other is so bad like 90% of the people who love this game love it just because they grew up with it and it's near and dear to their hearts like objectively it isn't that good but also there's so many good things about it like the theming of it hold
0: on hold on i love whenever i try and give kingdom hearts credits kingdom hearts fans will come and be like no 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 hold on
1: (laughs) well yeah like i i'm pretty sure that most kingdom hearts fans know that kingdom hearts is kind of bad (laughs) like they it's but it's like it's endearing it's endearing because the the overall core message in it is so good and pure because it's just like love your friends believe in yourself and like those messages are fucking maybe repeated a little bit too much in the game (laughs) but they're still good but yeah kingdom hearts is (laughs) is it's at its core it's just real good and and pure and fun and the, there's so many lovable characters and I love Sora a lot.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't really know anything about the boy. But
1: he's he's a happy boy.
0: He seems like a sweetheart.
1: Also he's goofy. <laughs> he's not little no, goofy. No, Goofy's
0: go- goofy, in the game. Goofy is goofy. Goofy is goofy. We got to be clear goofy, about this. Goofy is goofy. Yeah. Goofy is goofy. <laughs> <We> got <laughs> to be clear Sora- there's
1: no goofy Goofy's never inside Sora, I don't think.
0: Well, you know, Goofy is always in Sora's heart in some way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe not, but- <laughs>
0: maybe not literally. Maybe not in the literal way the Kingdom yeah, Hearts has. Yeah,
1: Um. But what I mean to say is, Sora never lets darkness take over him. Even when he goes through a lot of darkness, he always stays positive and always stays goofy and makes jokes and still is a little happy kid that tries to make other people smile and happy.
0: Like, that's the thing, is that you just saying that like saying those words, like he never succumbs to darkness, is both a thematic thing and a literal plot description. Yeah. Like- and I think that is why people get fucked, about, uh, fucked up about the Kingdom Hearts plot so often, is because they're literally taking the metaphor and making it literal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, even with the whole thing with nobodies, like that's such a fucking hardcore metaphor, but like it gets so complicated and confusing that it's hard to see it as a metaphor. So right. the game is also like, by the way, you have a heart. <laughs> yeah, that's... I think that's it. That's all I got to say for this this good boy Sora. He's Sora's in your heart. Sora's, Sora's in your heart. Sora's
0: in your heart. I don't know if Sora's in my heart specifically.
1: No, he's in your heart.
0: What? Hey, Sora, get out of there.
1: <laughs> he's he's in there. Or maybe you're in his heart.
0: Probably not. Both. I guess so. I guess if you insist. Tag
1: yourself. Are you in Sora's heart or is he in yours?
0: I was trying to I was trying to say no, but but apparently Apparently, I don't get a choice. Well. <laughs> S- Sora and I are intertwined in the universe. And, Listen, yeah. And I didn't I get a as say. Sora
1: knows you exist. He loves you. Why does Sora know I exist? <laughs> because we talk about him.
0: What is this? Santa it's Claus just rules? It's like Winnie
1: the Pooh. Like, once you read a book, that exists in your heart. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel confused? That's what it's like to play Kingdom Hearts. <laughs>
0: What's your thing, Jupiter? What is what is my thing? What, what could my thing possibly be? Well, from one series that has a complicated plot, too many games, and is more about thematics than actual plot, hmm. to another game that has a convoluted plot, too many games, and is more about thematics than actual plot, I want to talk about Revolver, Revolver Ocelot. Oh,
1: fucker, you fucker, fucker, fucker. Two fucking Metal Gear things in the same month, you bastard.
0: Hey, look, the first one was the Tsuchinoko, and that barely counts.
1: (laughs) Okay, you're right.
0: And second off, I was going to talk about Revolver Ocelot at some point, and he just happened to be on my mind, and I didn't want to think of other options. okay. And also um, it's fucking it's so it's so perfect to have a Metal Gear character right after a Kingdom Hearts character.
1: <laughs> Metal Gear Kingdom Hearts crossover when.
0: I can't like it it could have and should have happened. It's oh, wild. Oh my
1: god. It can technically. It can.
0: It technically can. Uh all, all we need is for Square Enix to buy Konami, I don't know.
1: So I'm going to ask the I'm going to ask how is this is this going to be spoilery?
0: Yes, this is going to be spoilery for every single game that he appears in.
1: Fuck, I've only played the first two.
0: I know, uh, but it's only going to be spoilers from his perspective, uh, which is pretty small in most of the games. And I and I mostly just want to talk about uh, his character arc, okay.
1: because
0: it is not a highlight. Of the series necessarily, but it is a thing that gets added onto in almost every game, and it's wild. So, I want to talk about Revolver Ocelot, the best character in Metal Gear Solid.
1: He has a gun. He has two guns.
0: Everyone has guns. It's Metal Gear. But he, everyone has them. guns. He does spin them. He has has revolvers, and he spins them, and he's called Revolver Ocelot because he has revolvers.
1: Isn't he a a boss fight in the first game?
0: He is a boss fight in the first game. I'm going to do this in chronological order. Okay. Ocelot's first appearance is in Metal Gear Solid 3, which is the earliest game in the timeline as far as I'm aware. I don't know, unless there's a fucking Metal Gear game set in prehistoric times that I'm not aware of, but... In Metal Gear 3, he is the leader of this, like, Spetsnaz group. I don't know. I'm I'm going to get military terms wrong because I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But he's in this, like, military group in Russia. He's, like, their leader. But he's also, like, 18 and a hothead and uh, insists on wearing a beret and an ascot. <laughs> um, just this fresh-faced... Uh, uh, dingus who really really wants to beat up snake who is sneaking around and who this, doesn't yeah and th- for those unaware uh, about the metal gear thing i'm gonna be referring to snake a lot it's usually a different character but for the purposes of this i'm just gonna refer to them as snake but there are there's several characters named snake
1: See, this is a lot like Kingdom Hearts because there's so many Rikus all named Riku.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Ocelot is really trying to beat up Snake. But every single time throughout the game that he encounters Snake, he gets completely dunked on just so easily by Snake. This sounds uh, like Tom and Jerry. It's a little Tom and Jerry-ish. <laughs> Uh, and like Snake is constantly giving Ocelot advice at how to be better at killing him. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, those guns have engravings. That's stupid. That's not helpful for to the gun. Anyway, <laughs> bye." <laughs> uh, and Ocelot, he's like, he's working for the bad guys, but uh, spoilers, he's actually working for. He's a triple agent at this point.
1: A chunk agent?
0: He's a chunk agent. Uh, He's working for, like, this group in Russia. He's working for the Americans and, like, the Chinese government, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's fucking working for everybody. And one of the things that is a defining point of Ocelot's character is that his allegiances change all the time. (laughs) Okay. Just all the time. His, basically, his, like, goal... Is to get the Philosopher's Legacy, which is a sum of a ridiculous trillions of dollars stashed away somewhere that, if you have the Philosopher's Legacy, that is having access to that money. I I'm, i don't know if his goals are ever really, like, properly explained, but... It doesn't necessarily matter because he doesn't end up getting the legacy in Metal Gear Solid three. After that point, he goes sorts of sort of rogue. Ah, uh, it is around this time that he de- develops his uh, love and appreciation for torture.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's
0: that's a thing. Ah uh, Ocelot is a renowned torture expert, apparently. Hmm. i don't know he also like in in some of the games has these like long monologues about like you're not actually trying to do like significant damage and torture you're trying to create an environment of fear to you know whatever it's still torture it sucks shit like (laughs) like here's here's the other thing nobody in metal gear is a good person except for uh, um otacon
1: yeah i 100% agree with that otacon's the best
0: And also the story, like the story of Metal Gear doesn't get like any like good emotional payoff except for in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which is a side game that's set after all of the other games. (laughs) Uh, But like that game has like actual like emotional conclusion to the series. It's wild Um, because in that game uh, you uh, basically kill capitalism with a sword.
1: Okay,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh all I will definitely talk about Metal Gear Rising Revengeance at some point. But back to Ocelot. What's he doing? Well, he fell in love with with Snake, who okay. is now he's now known as Big Boss.
1: Okay.
0: Uh he fell in love with Snake, so he's just sort of following him around. Uh <laughs> Uh Tom and Jerry like, gets weird. Yeah, Tom and Jerry gets real weird. Like like during Big Boss's like early solo career, he's like that's where he like learns about torture and whatever, his like s- his like favorite hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like in Metal Gear Solid Five, which is set before Metal Gear Solid One, he like joins up with Big Boss to like help manage his war profiteering, just sort of be on base and help out and basically be an uncle (laughs) okay he's just sort of an uncle who just hangs around and
1: he has an uncle vibe
0: he totally does uh and he's working uh uh, with this guy named miller who is like big boss's best friend fast forward metal gear solid one there's maybe some stuff that happens with ocelot between that but i don't know if we really see it because next time we see ocelot um he has lost all of his chill energy. He is yeah. no longer chill. Yeah. Uh he is now uh working for the clone son of Big Boss who is trying to kill the other clone son. I didn't realize, hey, can I be honest? I didn't realize when going into this how convoluted it would be to explain all this. <laughs> But I'm I'm pushing through. So, Revolver Ocelot starts out as a chill bro. Well, starts out as a fresh faced idiot teen, gets dunked on, falls in love with a man, follows him around, is chill. Big boss disappears, and he gets way less chill. Works for his, uh, the person he was in love with's clone son, who is evil and named Liquid. Liquid. Uh, liquid. He has a mullet. He has a mullet now. He he, he had a mullet shirtless. before. He's sometimes shirtless, but he's also I wearing sh- that's like all a. I
1: remember <laughs> Metal Gear Solid
0: One. <laughs> he he usually wears like this brown duster. Anyway, so in Metal Gear Solid One, he's just sort of one of the bosses in that game, mm-hmm. uh, and he tries to like you know shoot at Snake, which is a different Snake from the one I was talking about before. Oh, okay. It, this is the this is the clone son that isn't Liquid. He gets his arm chopped off by a cyborg ninja.
1: I remember that.
0: And he's like, Oh fuck, I gotta go. Yeah. And then he leaves. Ow. And and then Snake, the clone son, kills Liquid the Clone Son, by punching yeah. him on top of a big robot.
1: Yeah, that was a hard boss fight. It took me a while to beat that one.
0: So, Metal Gear Solid two. Somewhere in between Metal Gear Solid 1 and Metal Gear Solid 2, Ocelot got an arm transplant off of the body of Liquid, his dead boss. Free arm. Free arm. No one was taking it. Is anybody (laughs) going to take this arm?
1: (laughs) Hey, anybody going to eat this last arm?
0: Yeah. So he gets an arm transplant and is possessed by the ghost of Liquid.
1: Okay, that's what happens when you put an arm on. That's not yours. Watch out. That's what
0: happens. Yeah, you got to watch out. You might get possessed <laughs> by the ghost. Because here's the thing this is actually a consistent thing in the Metal Gear universe. If you have enough lust for vengeance, you can come back from the dead. Okay. That's fully a thing that ghosts are super duper real in Metal so Gear. So
1: are vampires.
0: So are vampires, kind of. And also people who can control bees. Jesus. So he gets his arm chopped off, gets it replaced uh, with his boss's dead arm, gets possessed by his ghost. Amy, can you recap everything that's happened so far? I want to make sure you're, you're following along.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a he's a bitch ass teenager. He's working for multiple bullshits. He falls in love with his boss. He kill. He tries to kill his boss's clone son. Takes the arm of his other clone son, but then he gets possessed by that arm because everybody knows your soul's in your arm.
0: Everyone knows your soul's in your arm. Now this is Metal Gear Solid Four. Now is what we're getting into. Okay. Uh, in Metal Gear Solid Four. He somewhere between Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 4, or maybe like in the middle of Metal Gear Solid 4, uh he gets a his arm replaced, his ghost arm chops it off, gets yeah. a robot arm.
1: Yeah. Cause with robots you can't go wrong. There's no right. souls in
0: that. So he's no he's not possessed anymore, but he still pretends to be possessed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For the fun.
0: Yeah, he still fully pretends to be possessed uh, and, like, has a final conflict with Snake as Liquid, even though he is Ocelot now. Yeah,
1: for the vine.
0: For the vine. Also, I forgot to mention something very important. You know how he gets possessed by a ghost?
1: Yeah. Well, maybe
0: it's because his dad was a ghost.
1: Please. Please call me Ocelot. My dad's name was Ghost.
0: <laughs> His dad is a ghost. His mom was the greatest soldier who ever lived.
1: Okay. Um so did they fornicate and make Ocelot while the dad was a ghost? Um big question because then Ocelot would be half ghost.
0: The okay. I don't know cuz by the time by the time you meet up you do meet up with the sorrow, which is his dad. His dad's name is the sorrow.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's born, and the mom just looks at that sad fucking ghost baby and's like, "Oh yeah, I'm naming this thing the sorrow." You don't get a real name.
0: I okay. There's an actual. <laughs> There's an explanation for everything I don't in Metal Gear, it. but it's but it's not a good explanation. I don't want ever. it. I
1: like my explanation better. <laughs>
0: I don't know if the Sorrow always had ghost powers or if he would just had that, like, lust for revenge and became a ghost. I w- he was part of a uh, a squad called the... Oh, God. What the Beatles. The, co- the Cobra. The Cobra unit. Uh, and one of the other guys in the Cobra unit is that guy who can control bees. Okay. The actual reason why these people have these powers... One of them is named the Fury and is, like, always on fire. Like, the reason why they have these powers is because they have parasites in them.
1: This is post-production, Amy. I just need to say, I should have said right here, they've got bugs in them. Because then that would be a callback. But I didn't think about it until just now. And you know what? I I'm I'm the producer. I can I can bring in jokes that I come whip up with after the podcast. There's no rules. I'm the master. Okay. Thanks for listening. To my joke back to the uh, past.
0: That give them these parasites that gave humanity the ability to talk. The parasites. The parasites gave humans the ability to talk. To have them make noises that would make other humans want to kiss them okay so that they could spread their parasites <sighs> i to think more maybe people.
1: i think maybe that we're is getting a little off track here that is
0: actual metal gear lore and i just i just need to say that out loud
1: all right uh
0: um, <sighs> anyway revolver ocelot his dad's a ghost yeah. his mom's the greatest soldier to ever live yeah he, he was a triple agent he was a a, a little bitch boy who got dunked on super hard fell yeah. in love with the guy who dunked his ass yeah learned about torture and became real a big fan of torture for a very long time
1: i'm i'm really thankful that you're explaining it for a fourth time <laughs> just in case
0: met up with his with his uh his old friend big boss who he is in love with and uh but like never really acts on that uh just sort of hangs around for a while and then leaves blank question mark question mark question mark uh ends up turning on the people that he worked with when he worked with big boss works with the clone son of his ex-lover gets his arm chopped off by a cyborg ninja Gets replaced by his clone, like clone son boss. Gets mm-hmm. possessed by the clone son boss. Mm-hmm. Pretends to be cl- uh, possessed, and then like dies on top of a Metal Gear.
1: Okay, so he dies.
0: Oh no, he yeah, he for sure, he for sure dies.
1: Okay, um, okay. So, what do you like about Ocelot, Jupiter?
0: Is that he's just everywhere. He's He's just fucking everywhere. He just shows up and then has a completely different role than what he did before. (laughs) He has no strong affiliations with anybody. He's a wild personality. He's constantly hooting and hollering. And he's a Russian-born American, like, national who speaks in a southern accent (laughs) even when he was in russia
1: and he looks like he's french cuz he's got that beret and the ascot
0: he yeah he's always wearing an uh, an ascot and a and a brown duster because he has a cowboy aesthetic he is when he's what a possessed when he's possessed by liquid he just screams
1: <laughs> he doesn't say anything he just screams
0: he like well he screams every line
1: oh okay good yeah that's good
0: he, he is just...
1: He's an extra. He's just extra.
0: He's, he's so extra. And, like, in the grand scheme of things, he's not really all that important to the plot. Yeah. He's he's a character that shows up a lot, but at no point would I call him a main character. He's in, like, every game, <laughs> but he is not, a Im, like, necessarily important.
1: I feel like... Kojima was just like, "I like this guy. I think he's neat. I'm just gonna put him in these games that I have.
0: I mean, yeah, kind of <laughs> and he sucks. He's a terrible man. He's a terrible <laughs> evil man. like, like with all like with all of these like fucking characters except for fucking Oticon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: he's just a wild card,
1: yeah, he certainly is a wild card. Wild cards are very fun.
0: He also insists on having a mustache. Who doesn't? Since Metal Gear Solid 3, like Metal Gear Solid 3, he was clean shaven c- to showcase how he was just a boy. Yeah. Uh, and then his next canonical appearance, you see him with a light mustache. He's just trying it out.
1: It's to show that time has passed.
0: And then by the time that we get to like Metal Gear Solid like 2 and 4, he is rocking a full proper mustache. Very it has grown in and is grayed out. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh, and, and to be clear, uh, in Metal Solid, like 2 and 4, he's referred to as Liquid Ocelot. I do want to make that clear.
1: Yeah. Solid uh. Ocelot. Liquid Ocelot. Um, gas. Far S. Ocelot. Far
0: S. Welcome to the most ins... Uh, or, or, or maybe not welcome. Thank you for listening to the most inscrutable episode of Enchanting Aspects.
1: That yeah, um, we both had very yeah. Kingdom Hearts and Metal Gear Solid they are honestly one and the same, and, and they really are in many ways.
0: We really like. I honestly like. I'm glad that we like knocked this out <laughs> in one episode. Yeah, this is the lore episode. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the lore episode, welcome and thank to you the for lore listening. Episode. The Lorax. I'm gonna give
1: myself some credit. I could have gone deeper into Kingdom Hearts. Oh no, I I was very good. I I, I shot away real well. No, you—you genuinely did. One boy. Yeah, Yeah,
0: you focused. I also focus on one boy. Unfortunately, he's ingrained in everything.
1: (laughs) He's ingrained (laughs) in everything, yet nothing he does matters.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. uh, It's like he only exists to cause problems.
1: Yeah. He's the polar opposite of Sora, I think.
0: He really is. I would say that Revolver Ocelot is the polar opposite of Sora Kingdom Hearts.
1: Sora Kingdom Hearts?
0: I will probably talk about Metal Gear like one, maybe two more times on this podcast, probably total.
1: Mm -hmm. I might talk Uh, about it too, actually. I have a Metal Gear thing.
0: You might. Uh, I do I do got to talk about Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Okay. As being the only game to have a tonal conclusion to the themes brought up in the actual fucking video games.
1: Tune in next time. Wild.
0: Tune on in enchanting
1: aspects to listen to Not that. next
0: time. Not, Not next, next time. time. Sometime. But next sometime. We don't have a schedule. I we mean, have we a do. schedule,
1: but we don't have we don't we don't plan this out.
0: No, I mean every episode is basically just like we think about the thing maybe fifteen minutes before we start recording.
1: That's genuinely, yeah.
0: That's fucking. That's fucking podcast, baby.
1: That's podcast. Thanks for listening to Enchanting Aspects. Um, tag yourself. Are you?
0: Are you more of a Revolver Rosslot or are you more of a Sora? Do you want to cause problems on purpose or do you want to uh, uh be sweet? and and exist for your friends.
1: Do you control bees? Do you... Are you a ghost? Or do you
0: take Zs?
1: Are, do you control bees? Are you a ghost baby? Or are you on fire all the time? Tag yourself on Twitter at enchanting. Or,
0: or, or are you so... Uh, is your power that you're so old but still alive? Yeah. That's one of them. Is that one of the... <laughs> one of, Legitimately one of the... Cobra Unit's powers is That he's so old But is still okay
1: that's, that's something to be impressed by I guess
0: One of the Cobra Unit's powers is uh, He's just named The Fear And his whole deal is that he climbs backwards On trees like a spider
1: <laughs> Um, <laughs> Thanks for listening everybody
0: <laughs> Tag yourself
1: Uh, Love yourself
0: Believe in yourself.
1: Bye. Bye. I am super gay. I'm in love with Snake. And I've got a ghost arm. Wait, no, the ghost is my dad. The arm was someone else that was dead. That was my uh, lover's clone son. Jesus.